Will you bow your heads in prayer with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable to you, our God and King. God, may you speak to us, that you would give us a word of hope. Amen. There is a sense of great anticipation. Uh, this is uh, a season of hope uh, that surrounds us. We've just finished celebrating Thanksgiving, and it is time for Christmas. Advent is the first season in the Christian liturgical calendar. After Advent comes uh, Christmas. After Christmas comes a season of Epiphany. And then we go into Lent. And after Lent, we have Holy Week and Easter. And after Easter, we have the season of Pentecost. And after the season of Pentecost, we move into ordinary time. Uh, that's around the time of starting in April all the way through uh, the end of November. So that's essentially our liturgical calendar. And so today is what we uh, are calling the season of Advent. So this past week, uh, many of us celebrated Thanksgiving, and some of us have already started pulling out Christmas decorations to get our house decorated uh, so that their joy uh, would be shared by all, that we would have a sense of something exciting that is going to happen. I am so joyful when I walk into this sanctuary and I see it decorated for Christmas. It gives me a smile on my face. I hope it does for you as well. And when I think about all the people who are going to be walking through this sanctuary over the next several weeks, uh, coming for several different occasions for our Christmas cantata or the youth group uh, or our children's center uh, that is part of our church, our uh, preschool. They come here and aunts and uncles, uh, grandparents and parents alike will fill this sanctuary space as they watch their precious child uh, perform and sing for them Christmas carols. And then for Christmas Eve, uh, we're going to be having a lot of our guests who come into this space and it gives them a sense of smile. Right? Advent is a time of great anticipation. It is time when we get our hearts ready, expecting to encounter God, preparing for the birth of Jesus Christ. So this morning for our meditation comes to us from the prophet Isaiah, who is telling us to prepare ourselves to encounter God so that we can encounter hope. I would like to pray, uh, parse through the reading uh, that we did uh, this morning uh, and speak of three specific situations where we might be in need of hope, where we might be in need for God to show up. And that is going to be our focus. And it is my prayer that you will find yourself in one of these three places where you might need hope. So before we go into talking about the specifics of this morning's meditation, I just want to give you an overview or a background of the book of Isaiah. Uh, the book of Isaiah has three distinctive uh, perspectives, three distinctive messages that are found in the book of Isaiah. The first one is what they call a uh, pre-exilic uh, portion of it, where the prophet Isaiah was the prophet who was in the courts of Josiah, the king, and he was prophesying, and he was telling them, guys, get your lives together. If not, Babylonians are going to come, and they're going to 
take you away from your homeland. You're going to be sashed away from this homeland. And you're going to be taken into exile. Get your lives together. And the people don't listen to him. And they end up being enslaved. This is the second portion of the book of Isaiah. is one of hope. One of hope to the people who are living in exile. Who are living in captivity. Where Isaiah is saying, don't worry. Believe in God. The God who brought you here into exile will take you back as well. And that is called the exilic portion of the book of Isaiah. The third one is what we call the post-exilic portion. Where people are come back to Jerusalem. They're living back in their homeland. They were living back in their promised land. And yet, they don't seem to find God. And that's where we pick up today. Where they are in their promised land and yet they cannot experience God. And they are crying out to God and God doesn't seem to answer them. That is the post-exilic portion of this. So first, this is where we begin talking about hope. First, we begin with the individuals who are crying to God for hope. Hope is lost and the God that they are seeking does not show up. Here is the plea that we hear from Isaiah 64. A plea for someone who's desperately longing for God to show up. Hear these words. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens. Oh, that you would render the heavens. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. So the mountains would quake at your presence. There is a sense of hopelessness in this cry. That God would tear open the heavens. The speaker of Isaiah is calling God to show up. He's urging God to show up. And not show up in a meek way. In a humble way. But know that God would show up in such a way that he will literally rock the place. That the mountains would quake at your presence. The people who have experienced God's deliverance. Now are threatened and feeling that God is no show. And God is unable to save them. In this passage, we see this figure that God is hiding his face from those people. Essentially, what the speaker is saying is this. Where is God? Where is God? That is the question that the author is posing. Where is God? See, this question is pretty profound because the book two, uh, the second theme of Isaiah was one of full of hope and promises of God's deliverance. And now the author is saying, where is God? Where is God? This morning, maybe you might be able to relate to the living, to the people who were living when Isaiah was speaking. And you might be saying a similar theme. Where is God? Where is God? You've seen God's deliverance. And, but now life is happening and things are changing. And you see cheers and wonderful holiday gifts all around. And you're asking yourself, where is God? In the quietness of your heart. You say, where is God? Where is God? Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. 
so that the mountains would cake at your presence. Friends, are you in need of hope? Are you saying, where is God in my life right now? Hope is found. For those who are wondering where God is, hope is found in remembrance. This is what we read, verses uh, 3 to 5. For when you did some... When you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any gods beside you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. Here the speaker is remembering God's mighty acts of salvation. Remembering that God came down to Mount Sinai. And God showed up for the people of Israel. And when God showed up on the Mount Sinai, the mountains trembled. And people fell face down to experience this God. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any gods beside you who acts on your behalf for those who wait on him. The Bible is filled with stories that no ear has perceived. Some stories that you read in the Old Testament, you go, really? God did this? No ear has heard. Truly, God delivered the people from Pharaoh? How could God do this? How could Pharaoh's army be drowned in the Red Sea and the people of Israel just walk through the Red Sea? No ear has perceived, no eye has seen. Throughout the Old Testament, you see God showing up and helping people. Helping people, those on the margins. Helping people like you and me. Friends, when you feel like all hope is lost and wondering where God is, let us be remember of the stories of what God has done in our lives. Do you have stories that when God came through, when you were going through difficult times? Do you have stories of God's providence that was so amazing that you can say, no eye has seen, no year has perceived concerning my God's providence for me? Hope is found in remembering what God's mighty acts in your life. The second person that the prophet is speaking to are those who have lost hope in God because of their own sin. This morning, maybe you feel far away from God. And you and God are not in a good space. Your relationship with God is not good you don't feel god's spirit within you maybe it's because we have sinned against god and the joy of god's salvation is no longer in us it's like we're in bad terms with someone we love and cherish are you in a good place with god if you're not in a good place with god and you wonder where there is hope. Sin becomes a wedge in our relationship with God. When we are not right with God, we experience emptiness in our lives. 
It's like longing for something and that something is out of your reach. This morning, do these words resound in your heart as you long for hope? Hear these words from the prophet again. But when we continue to sin against thee, you are angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean and our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We're all shriveled up like a leaf and like the wind, our sin sweeps away. No one calls on your name. No one strives to lay hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and given to our sins. Do these words describe the way you're living your life? All of us have become like one who is unclean. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. And we're all shriveled up like a leaf. And like the wind, our swims sweep us away. No one calls on your name. No one strives to lay hold of you. No one strives to lay hold of you. This is a powerful imagery. Are you convicted that you do not strive to hold on to God? We give into temptations way easily. Not fighting tooth and nail to do that which is right and righteous. Here the call is for holy living. We need to hang on to God's promise. And we need to hang on to what God is asking us to do every day. The writer of Isaiah notes that hope is lost when we choose sin over God's righteousness. And God is hurt by our actions. The call this morning is to confess our sins before God. Acknowledge that we have harmed God and our neighbor. When we confess our sins, hope is found. When we feel far away from God because of our sin, we are called to confess our sins, saying, God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And the joy of God's salvation is renewed when we confess our sins. God is faithful and just to forgive us of all our transgressions. Amen. Amen. Finally, the prophet is speaking to those who are unable to experience hope. Because they are unable to surrender things to God. God is saying to you, I need you to surrender this particular thing in your life. And you're saying, God, I like to handle it myself. The best way to identify if you are holding on to things or you have surrendered them to God is I want you to think about what keeps you up at night. What raises your anxiety when you think about the future or the unknown? Hope is lost when we think we can control things on our own and not necessarily give it to God. Hope is lost when we desire to be in charge and not give to God. Hope is lost when we stay up awake at night thinking about how to fix things that we cannot fix. Hope is lost when we try to manage the unmanageable. Here are these words of hope 
and a call to surrender. Yet you, O Lord, are our Father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, O Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. Oh, look on us, we pray, for we are your people. Here the author is acknowledging the relationship between the people of God and God is one as one between a parent and a child. Yet you are our father. And we are the clay and he is the potter. We are the work of his hand. A friend of mine brought a potter's wheel and she would throw a lump of clay on this wheel and create something absolutely beautiful out of that. As the wheel was swimming, she would craft and create these beautiful mugs. From the close perspective on the potter's wheel, everything is spinning and it might seem like it's out of control. The clay is sitting there and feeling like, what do I do? And yet in the potter's hand, something beautiful is being crafted. The potter is turning this clay into something beautiful, into a masterpiece. Here, the prophet is urging all to surrender. When we rely on God to shape our lives, hope is restored. Friends, what is God asking you to surrender today? What is God asking you to give up, to put it on the potter's wheel, so that God would shape it and change it. For when we do that, hope is found. Hope is found when we place all our anxious thoughts, all our unknowns on the altar. But God, who's the potter, will shape it and create something beautiful. As we start this Advent season, maybe be reminded that the God that we worship is a God of hope. Are you wondering where God is? Does God seem distant to you? You just want God to show up. This morning, may you remember all the ways that God showed up for you. Is hope lost in your life because you have sinned against God? May you confess your sins before God. May you see God first in all that you do. When you confess your sins, hope is restored and your sins are forgiven. Is hope lost in your life because you're keeping, thing, you're keeping up at night and wondering what the future might hold? May you have the courage to surrender all things that keep you up and give you anxiety. Allow the potter to shape your life and hope will be found. Amen. Let us pray. A God of hope, we come before you. Give us hope knowing that you are the God who is true yesterday, today, and forever. Help us to hang on to you in this season. In your name we pray, amen.